Greetings, everyone. This is a Sound Health radio show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And, yes, I know you'll be shocked, Sherry Edwards is off working on the soundhealthportal.com. I say shocked because I say that every week. And every week it's true. Every week there's some new amazing, like, where did that come from? Sherry is truly the best of mad scientists in terms of figuring things out, coming up with new ways to display information about our states of imbalance and based on our vocal prints. Okay, now I'll direct you to how you can find out more about that. You can go to soundhealthportal.com, scroll down and see what the current campaigns are. I looked before the show started, and some of the current ones are Corona Conflict, the PTSD TBI, Parkinson's disease, and BioDiet. And I'll use BioDiet as, bio as an example. It's a program I like a lot for when I feel like something's going on in my body that's a little out of balance. I'll run my vocal print through BioDiet and go, oh, that. Oh, I'm missing zinc. And how you do that is you can, to get an example of this, you can go to soundhealthportal.com, sign up for the free membership, then choose the campaign you'd like to run. could be BioDiet, I think also neuroplasticity, which is another favorite of mine for seeing what's going on in the mind in terms of how it's acting or possibly not. And so you pick a campaign, sign up for a free membership, and then the system will walk you through doing two 30 to 40 second recordings. And I interchangeably use the term vocal print and recording because that's what a vocal print is. It's a recording of your voice. And then the system will run your voice through that the software to get it to be analyzed by, let's say, BioDiet. And within two to six hours, you'll get a report in the mail. That's one of the reasons you have to sign up for a free account so they know where to send your report. And I recommend sitting down with a cup of tea and reviewing it because there's a lot of information in there. And then when you want to know more, I suggest going back to the Sound Health portal, scrolling to the bottom, and watching one of the video demos, just click on the video tab and you'll see some of the recent videos that Sherry's done and some of the older ones as well. And pick one and watch the full demo of Sherry doing a live workup on air with a person. And you'll really get a visual idea of how much information the Sound Health Portal is capable of giving us. And one of the recent displays, I'll call it, pie chart kind of, the cherry came up with is one where it displays like, here's the thing you want to look at now. There may be other factors that you want to work on, but here's the like, wow, look at this. And it's really, I'm really happy to have the Sound Health Portal. We used to have lug around computers and all sorts of stuff, and it's just so much easier with the Sound Health Portal because I can just carry around my Samsung Go mic, which is a handy little mic available at soundhealthoptions.com in the store. And I just throw it in my bag, carry it with me. If I'm visiting somebody and they have something going on, I just plug it into their computer and walk them through doing a recording, and within a couple of hours, they have a report. It's great. So I highly recommend checking out the soundhealthportal.com. To hear and share replays of this show, about 15 minutes after you hear the outro music, 
because I know that transitioning, this will, you know, it's, it's an amazing subject that we all seem to kind of like want to sweep under the carpet. And it's like taxes. It's going to happen. Uh, with Patricia Ladara, it's going to be a great conversation. And to hear a replay of this show, you can go to talktomeguy.com, all one word, talktomeguy.com. Scroll down that page, and about 15 to 20 minutes after you hear the outro music, you'll see in the list of episodes the Patricia Ladara show. And if you're on a mobile device, you can just scroll down and read the show description, and below the show description is a player that you can use right there to listen to the show and or buttons for any of the um, myriad of players, everything from Audible to Pocket Cast, where you can go and listen to it and or share it to friends that want to know about this, want to know that it might not be what we think, or maybe it is, either way. Anyway, you can find all that at TalkToMeGay.com. And also, if you have suggestions for a show or comments you want to make, there's a microphone at the bottom right corner of each page. And again, you can do this from a mobile device or from your computer. And you can just click on the microphone and leave me a message saying, what about this or how about that? Or could you have this person on? So that's all at TalkToMeGay.com. With that, Patricia Ladara came to the work of death and dying in 1993 when her mother crossed the threshold. Like many in our Western culture, Patricia had never been in a room with someone dying and had no experience what to expect. The brilliant beauty and bliss of the experience transformed her life. Since that time, she has helped many souls from all walks of life cross the threshold with grace. It is her deepest honor to be with souls at such deeply sacred times. Personal accounts of this work are documented in Patricia's book, Song of Sight, an introduction to soul passage midwifery. Prior to this life-changing experience, another life-changing event took place in the mountains of Colorado. Patricia met the great Indian sage and author of the autobiography of a yogi, Swami Paramahansa Yogananda, in his spirit form. He advised her that if she practiced his Kriya Yoga, she would never, pardon me, she would know her soul and her soul's work. She has kept her practice ever since that day. Sri Yogananda and Archangel Azrael are the architects and advisors of the Soul Passage Project, open to everyone of all belief systems. Earlier in her life, it was her great joy to create a dance company of people of disabilities who performed together for 13 years. The Images in Motion Dance Company received national recognition and was showcased on the NBC Nightly News and Parade Magazine. Patricia joins us to talk about Song of Sight, an introduction to Soul Passage Midwifery. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. It is great to be here, Richard, and thanks for your sweet introduction. And... uh, We have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover in a short time. And when I was thinking about this show, I was thinking, you know, I really, whenever people read my book, they come across, come away feeling, A, soulless. They feel so much better about whatever the process of dying is. And B, they feel inspired and curious about 
what their own passage will be and what the passage of others in their family will be and friends and whatnot. So it, it's a wonderful study. And I, I thought, well, if I could arouse the curiosity in you in just this short hour that we have together, that would be great. So I set out to make that my task. Um, I think it's well. I think it's really well achieved. I want to. I want to go back to. I'll, I'll actually start here. I was going to start somewhere else, but this just lights up for me at this moment. How do you feel that your spirit meeting of Sri Paramahansa and your Kriya Yoga practice factor into your state of consciousness or openness that? possibly was is helpful in your the work you do that your experience with your mother then really blew the doors open and i mean that in the best of ways yes no it actually really did and i think really when you have a practice like this you learn to listen very very deeply and we don't do that a lot in our society. Our society is about talking. <laughs> so to become silent and to go deep enough to have this awareness is a phenomenal thing. And the Kriya Yoga practice definitely uh, helps with that. And also, the, I don't do this in a vacuum. You know, the great beings of light are there at all times. They do so much for us, it's unbelievable. If once you have an awareness of how diligently they work on behalf of humanity every single day, um, and particularly at the time of this great passage, there just aren't enough words in the language to say thank you. A thank you seems so minimal for, for so much. So it's, um, I think it's a, it's a path that, that awakens you on all levels and you then become sort of a conduit between the seen and the unseen world, and, um, which is what we're, what we're all going through right now as our consciousness is expanding this is becoming more and more our ordinary reality. So it's not only with death, but death is, I mean, we're all experiencing this in all walks of life, and our belief systems surrounding death are included in this expansion. And do you think that, my my feeling is that the Kriya Yoga or having a practice of, of any kind where you're quiet for a period of time would assist in being open to having an experience like you did with your mother in the sense of you're already, you're, you're accustomed to being in a quiet space and there is a, there is a period when somebody's in transition where it gets very quiet and I think yes. you're, you're already being comfortable with that I, I was with my mother when she died, so I was, uh-huh. I've been through this as well. In a different way, I, my experience was different, but it was equally as like, ooh, there's a quiet stillness. 
And if you're accustomed to being there, it's not so like, woo, what's that? It's so like quiet. So that's why I'm sort of leaning that way is that you're already accustomed to like, oh, it gets really quiet. Oh, something's going on. It's really quiet. Versus like, oh, my God, it's so quiet. So that's what I was moving toward is is that aspect of that part where you're accustomed to being in a state of quiet so that when it is quiet, you're aware that something is possibly going on. So how do you think that, do you think that did factor into your like stepping into being in transition with your mother? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because there was a comfort level with it. First, I had to get out of my own way. I mean, I sobbed uncontrollably for who knows how long when I realized she was going to go. Um, and I actually had to leave her room. It was so, it, it was just gushing through me. But then when I came back into her room, what I saw was life transforming because all of the angels were there and the, and the plants were alive with um, their frequencies pulsing into the room. And it was like walking into an enchanted fairy kingdom. So my curiosity was definitely aroused. And I felt uh, very, very comfortable because it was so real. It wasn't, mm-hmm. um, it was quiet. And it was real visually and uh, physically it was, I, I could just feel the energy and it was so beautiful and loving that you just can't not want to be with it. <laughs> I'm laughing from the perspective of my experience was slightly different in that I, uh, my mother was in the ICU and uh-huh. had told the doctor, stop asking me questions, ask him. She sort of, she handed the power over to me in the best of ways. I happened to know the doctor, so it was, it was helpful. And so I had been visiting her multiple times every day for the last 10 years, uh, for the last 10 days. And the night that she died, I went to visit her. It was like two or three in the morning. I just thought I should go see her. And I got there and I sat down with her. And by then she was opiated enough because she was in a lot of pain. And so she was opiated enough that the veils were very thin. That's how I would describe it, one of the effects of opium in a transitional state. And I was sitting there talking with her, even though she could barely come up, I could, she would squeeze my hand. And at some point she squeezed my hand and I had been having my eyes closed and was sitting there meditating. And when I opened my eyes, the angels that were there were all the family friends that had already crossed. And they yeah. just were around, they were around the walls of the room. And they were all yeah. like glowing and happy and they were their best selves. And these are people I had grown up with and I had known and I named them to her. I named everybody that was there to my mother. And she squeezed my hand hard, and she died within the hour. And just oh, very quietly, so... no thrashing, no drama, just, you know, I was willing to be with her in that state. She appreciated that, yes. and that's how they appeared to me. Like, that's who they were, and they were like, oh, we're here to help. Don't, you know, they all had that beaming 
it was a combination of beaming that kind of smile that I know you're aware of yes. and that kind of energy. And they were there like, oh, we're here to help. Relax. And she squeezed my hand really hard and it was like, okay, I'm good. Yes, exactly. And two points about this, Richard. Um, the, uh, the ancestors are very present with, with all crossings, and we'll touch on that a little bit in, in, through the talk. And the other thing is that we really all need to value, above all, our own experiences. This is our portal into the unseen world. And as we honor the, uh, the experiences we have, they expand. And so we want to do that because if we're just saying, oh, well, it's just a figment of my imagination, the door slams shut. And that's not what we want. We want to create and open and create more possibility. Mm-hmm. So I think that's beautiful. And you carry that with you, right? You carry that with you forever. Yes. And you know that all is well. All is well in the kingdom, so to speak. Yeah. I can still see Regardless it as we as we talk about here. it, and it's been it's been more than twenty years. And uh-huh. is that really true? Yeah, I think so. Um, I have no sense of time, uh, but I can still see it. I can still feel how it felt, the kind of yes. quiet calm, and the and the room cooled ever so slightly. Not dramatic. I mean, we're not talking about Dorothy and the you know wizard and all. You know, I mean, just it's like cooling in the room, a quieting in the room. And they were there, and it was all very, you know, that loving energy. And these were these were not people who were demonstrative of their caring for each other in the sense of lots of hugging. And, you know, they were fond, and they really deeply all cared about each other. But it was just so, okay, we're good. Don't worry. Yes, yes. So for everyone who's listening take heart in this little interchange that we've had because it it brings it to the personal level for everyone and that is what it is and i have to say also that it feels quite normal when you're in it right uh-huh. it uh-huh. feels like well of course, of course it's this way yeah and it's after the fact that that you begin thinking well maybe i was just thinking that to make myself feel better. But no, you were not. It was a genuine experience, and we have to honor these experiences yes. in order to be in touch with the unseen world and, and for it to continue to grow. So I think that's beautiful. I, that brings a, a, a delight to my heart that that was your experience with your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite beautiful. It was quite, yes. and as you said, and as you said, it's uh, it's perfect that you would say that, because it was, you know, it took a while because it was quite a drama from her being fine to being hospitalized to dying, that was dramatic, right? And there was some wrangling with family friends because she was very much like, no, I don't want people to see me because I'm sick and ill and I don't have the strength and all that. So I was kind of her guardian, and at the end. There was that, and I don't mean at the end when she died. I mean, like, weeks later, there was sort of like, was I tripping? What was that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
what's going on, man? Yeah. Um, so there was some of that. But now years later, I've just settled into like, oh, that happened in the best of ways. In the best of ways. In the best of ways. And that's how this topic is. Once you... Once you're okay about the experience and and being with it, the sky's the limit. Beyond the sky is the limit. I mean, the unseen world is infinite. There's always something new to learn, and mm-hmm. and you will continue and continue and continue. And death is but one part of that. So that feels. That feels a great way to step into this topic because uh-huh. it makes one of my goals was to help it feel a little more doable and to paint a picture that's a little more friendly because what we have is one word, death, with a black cloud hanging over it. Uh-huh. That is not a very workable scenario. When we hear that, we run for the hills. Nobody's going to go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um but when we look at it through the soul perspective and from a, a completely open and receptive perspective, we have so much growth and so much learning. And it is friendly. Above all, all the great beings of light are our best, best friends and our ancestors and the angelic beings and, and the beings of the future. All of this is um, waiting for us, waiting for us to discover. And one point I'd like to make, if if you never talk about it, you'll be ready regardless. I mean, you'll notice at the last minute everybody gets ready because they have to. And spirit is there a thousand percent helping us, helping us, helping our awareness to increase and helping helping our families to be ready and helping the person who is going to be ready. So it will happen, but the thing that I find is is a big challenge is that so many misperceptions have grown up surrounding this. I was talking to my cousin the other day. She's 90, and uh, she said, oh, no, when she grew up, no one ever, ever, ever talked about this. And, in fact, it was so much not talked about, you wouldn't even think that you could ask you wouldn't even think to ask a question. That's how in the closet it was. So, you know, we've we've made some headway there with hospice coming in and educating us, which has been wonderful. And um, and one of the other misperceptions is that, you know, people people a lot of times don't want to share their experiences because they don't want to be called crazy. This is deep in our collective psyche. Um, in years gone by, people were tossed in prison or or killed for speaking of spiritual mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, we don't want to go down that path. We've already been there, and we're not doing it again. <laughs> However, we lost our life. Uh, so um, that's what I think the Death Cafe is one of those things that emerged um, to give us a safe place to talk, a safe place to discuss things that we might just need to voice 
so order in order to really sort out how we actually feel ourselves this cultural taboo just has to go so we have made headway in the last 20 some years and um but one of the most disturbing misperceptions that I'd like to mention is that people um, actually in our Western culture are believing, are equating death with annihilation. Now that just is not true. And it is, of course, everybody's going to be terrified if that is what they think is going to happen. But we are energy. Energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transmuted. So we're essentially changing from this form to this form to this form. And it goes on. It goes on and on. So it's really, I I would love to use the words of Toby here because she um, was one of the souls that I helped across. And when I was explaining this all to her, she looked at me very, very directly and said, so, I am not going to die, die. I am just going to live somewhere else. I am not going to die, die. I am just going to live somewhere else. She thought annihilations was was the path. And I said, no, you're exactly, that's exactly right. That's a correct that's a correct description of what we're talking about here. And her response then was, well, why don't they tell people these things? Because she's been <laughs> operating under this horrible misperception all the while trying to make her soul passage. So after we get through these uh, these talking points, I would like to share Toby's story because her personal account is, is really a beautiful it was a beautiful transition, as they all are. I have not ever had a transition that wasn't beautiful. And they are all unique, and they are unique to the soul, and unique to the soul's concerns, unique to what the soul has learned on this while here, mm-hmm. unique to the the assignments or um things that they were supposed to accomplish during this life. And um, there isn't any judgment. The other thing is, you know, the great beings of light have no judgment. Zero. We are the ones who have the judgment and we're projecting it onto them. It is the saddest thing. They are the most welcoming, the most loving, the most understanding, the most kind and thoughtful beings you could ever want to know. So there's nothing to fear in that regard at all. Even the life review is just about what you've learned and how you've loved. And, and you see... No, you go ahead. If, go ahead. Oh, and if... Um, oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Um uh- Maybe you better say your thoughts. All right, I'll, 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 ask, I'll ask my question, which ties into this. Oh, okay. Cultures like, um, well, because we're, I'm, we're here, uh, American natives, when someone cro- transitions or dies, they have ceremony. They have 
you know, what looks to be a party in the best of ways, you know, celebrating their life and talking about them. And yes, there's crying and sadness and loss, but the loss is from the person being here in a physical form. It's not lost like, oh my, they've gone to the dark place. No, there is no dark place. Silly. That's, we don't, they don't even think that way. They're just going someplace no. else. And they spend time with the yes. body and they may pray or meditate or whatever, whatever word you want to use with the body. And they anoint or dress or, you know, I mean, this goes back to the Egyptians. I mean, they had a big ceremony. Right. It was right. a thing. It was a going away party. It wasn't a like, oh, it's sad. You're dead. You're going someplace else. Where did we lose that or step away from that or end up it having to be a dark like, oh, you're dead now versus like, wow, you're dead and, you know, happy adventuring. And you're alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're just somewhere else. Like I, I always refer to it as just over there. You're someplace else. Over That's there. all. Yeah. And when did we, we lose or step away from that? Yeah. When did we, what is I think that? probably in the dark ages. I mean, everything shut down then. And, and yeah. people were killed for the most, and blasphemy, you know, that word comes to mind. It just was, it was the big, the big crunch, I think. Yeah. And I yeah. Mean, even, even women who are out gathering herbs were put to death for gathering herbs. Yeah. Uh, Eckhart Tolle mentioned that in his book. And I thought, oh, my gosh, <laughs> if that's how... well, no wonder nobody talks. Right. Yeah. Um, so the gift, the gift is still there. It's not lost forever. It's coming back and we can um, we can regain this and we're on that journey. And so I think that's beautiful. And what I like to call it is a spiritual birth. So that Mm -hmm. rather than um, this one word, death in the big black cloud, we're thinking we're opening it up in the spiritual birth, uh, and we are moving into a new life. There's infinite possibilities. We are going to something grand, and we are much greater than we remember. So when we're on that path, it becomes so exciting and genuinely interesting and what you need to accompany you with that is just your curiosity your cosmic curiosity is innate within you it will kick in and once you have that then you go gangbusters and learn what you need to learn um in terms of your own personal interpretation and those interpretations vary with as many souls that are on this planet and that's the beauty. It's it's a sunny and we put them all together and we can begin to amass a really more a more uh correct vision of what the unseen world is, which is a wonderful thing. Uh-huh. You know, I w- I'd love to share uh this quote by Yogananda because he it ties in with this um, Please. When we are able to embrace the larger story, what emerges is so profound, we're shocked that we could have forgotten. So Yogananda had lost his guru, uh, Swami Sri Yukteswar, and uh, he was having a really difficult time with this. But then Sri Yukteswar came back to visit him in his spirit form. 
And this is what Yogananda says about um, what happened at that interchange. And there's a whole section in Autobiography of a Yogi about this. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, discussion about what goes on in the greater world. So this was Yogananda's short interpretation. He, he just said, gone was the sorrow of parting. The pity and grief for his death, long the robbers of my peace, now fled in stark shame. Bliss poured forth like a fountain through endlessly, through endless newly opened soul pores. So this is what we. This isn't just for Sri Yogananda. It is for all of us. It is for all of us. Beautiful, beautiful experience. It's it's unthinkable that that we should be afraid of any of this. And Yogananda wasn't afraid of of passing, but he just really missed Sri Yukteswar. And um, so what a beautiful, what a beautiful expression that, that short little clip to tell us what, what we have to gain through exploring and opening these doors. There's so much to gain. I mean, it is that the great thing about that gone was the sorrow of parting. That's really that's really the part that I think people get hung up on is the, they get hung up yes. on the loss. And I'm not saying the loss yes. isn't real. It's real. However, the loss is, again, once again, not going to the dark place. Like we have this image, right, cinematically we think of it as an, I'll think of it as an image, where we die and we fall off a cliff. And that's it. Yes. Oh, you're gone. <laughs> so the other thing, it's <laughs> so almost much like for you. you Right. So, <laughs> so much for you. It was great. Great knowing you. Um, and that's it. And it so seems that it's yeah. much more like you you die and then you fall off the cliff and then fly up to wherever you want to be or wherever you're supposed to be or whatever is drawing your attention at that moment because you realize you're no longer hindered by having physical form. You can just be somewhere else. Oh, I'm over there now. Oh, wait, I'm over here. Yes. Um, yes. That it's that such a different view than Yes. what we're stuck in at this time. Yes. And um, and it's, I don't know, it's so uplifting. It's so deeply engaging. I can't imagine that somebody wouldn't want to do this. But, um, again, they're hanging on to the old. And really I, I wanted to share these five aspects that I feel are really um, Yes, please critical for people to know. Yes. Um, and step number one is where we're getting, and they're not actual steps, they're, they're more like aspects of the passage process that we go through. Um, but the very, I feel like we're getting stuck on the very first rung, embarking on the path of the unknown. Who among us wants to do that? None of us. We just don't want to go. But if you think about it, the uh, path of the unknown is really opening to creativity because you are listening and allowing and unfolding moment by moment. That's what is required at this juncture. You don't get a map. 
that says, go down two blocks, turn right, and go straight for two miles and then turn left. We don't get that. It is a moment-by-moment unfolding. And, you know, with my mother, uh, what what it requires to be in this place is to move into the heart. The heart has a, a phenomenal intelligence, and it has um, the compassion as well to guide us through and the knowledge and the awareness to guide us through this. We live in a left-brain society largely still, even though we're moving out of that. And we've been in it for thousands of years in this mental age, and now we're moving into a more heartful age. So the mind cannot guide us, and really when we're getting stuck on the path of the unknown, it's the mind saying, I'm not going there. Because the mind cannot understand this. The mortal mind cannot understand this at all. But the heart can, and the heart takes lead and then we are able to to move forward. So with my mom, I had an actual door open in my heart. And then the, um, the grid that connects us all from the tiniest of atoms all the way out to intergalactic space just completely opened. And here I was spanning all of these realms. And... Uh, What I want to say about this is that once you feel yourself a part of the cosmic rhythm, there's no going back. You know that you're one with that and that everything is purposeful. And it's not like that everything that was going on, like I I was experiencing everything simultaneously, the the loudspeakers in the hallways where carts were moving up and down, um, the tremendous storm that was outside. It was completely dark at 4 o'clock, and lightning bolts were piercing. And the greater wisdom of the angelic beings and the, and the great beings of light. So what, what to do with that? And what I can say is, Every single thing was purposeful and a part of the cosmic rhythm. Everything that we were doing on this level, everything that nature was doing, everything that was going on in the higher realms. It was like everything had equal input. And this rhythm was being carried forward because all of it was necessary in order to create this beautiful scenario. So we need to remember that. We are not lesser than. When we come from a place of lesser than, it it really demeans who we are. We are actually so much greater than that. And yes, there are beings that are far wiser or farther ahead on the path than we are, and there are beings that are that know less than we do but it's always that way and the more you dive into the spiritual uh world the less you begin to think you know it's kind of interesting you're making progress making progress and then you go oh gosh i, I don't think i've just been anywhere I, I just don't feel qualified to even speak on this topic because <laughs> the vastness is so great that 
it's so far beyond that you have miles to go. But it is it is invigorating. So the second um, sort of arena I'd like to talk about is remembering our greatness, which is exactly what happened to be on my mom's deathbed and with you on your mom's. Remembering our larger selves, remembering our our deeper, wider um, knowing and and cosmic awareness. It's it's uh, it's a beautiful thing, and those are these are two wonderful examples of what this. And then, so from I could give another example of uh, people who go on to meet their ancestors, so that we have sort of a third little comparison. And a woman, Pamela. Um, she was having her life support systems disconnected because she had been ill for a very long time and she just couldn't live that way anymore and there were no answers on the third dimension. So I received a call to see if I I could help her. And what happened prior to the disconnecting of those um, uh, systems was that this mammoth-sized lily-flower transport appeared over her bed. And mm-hmm. so immediately when the things, when the systems were disconnected, she was lifted up and out and into the lily flower transport. And I got to be with her. This is so, such a deep honor. I can't, I can't tell you. So we were rising, rising, rising through the lily flower transport and then seated on a really beautiful place between worlds, I think. It wasn't um, because it had, ha- it had happened so quickly that she needed time for her frequency to adjust, and we'll address frequency in the next section. But um, she was, where, where we were placed, she was able to swim in healing waters, and she was just thrilled to be able to move and to be doing and it's interesting because when you go into the water on the other side you go in it looks wet it feels wet but when you get out it's dry we don't know how that works that's kind of one of the intricacies of the other world that's that's fun but then this uh, swing appears a beautiful wooden swing like we used to have when we were just those old wooden swings and this was humongous she ran to sit on it and it started swinging and then laughing, laughing uproariously at the cosmic play. And I want to tell you that so often this is what happens. And people, she was shocked that she could have forgotten something so important. But this is the process that we're going through. We come, we forget, and then we remember. The entire process of a soul passage is, is restoring this memory uh, and, and so it's wonderful. Uh, and so then when she was ready, her ancestors came from five different directions. It was specifically five, not four. They came in and swirled around her, and, and then she went with them. But I spent an entire hour with this beautiful soul. And uh, it, it, was, it was great. So the next to address is uh, shifting frequency. We live in a continuum of frequency, and I could see that when I was 
with this grit. And uh, interestingly, the great beings of light play a very vital role in this process. Because like your ancestors were there ready to help your mom, the great beings of light were there as well. Whether, you, whether we can see them or not, they are there. And what they are doing is holding the specific frequency that we need to have a gentle passage. It is a beautiful thing. They do this for everyone. It's extraordinary. And um, so I, I just want you to know, Yogananda calls it holding the presence. If you have a religious tradition, beings from your tradition will be there holding this frequency for you. Uh, what a tremendous gift. And I have to say, I've learned so much um, about frequency from studying with Sherry and for having her help me with, with my life. And um, we have learned that coming into attunement with the frequency that she gives us helps us feel better. It's a simple fact. We live in a math matrix, she will call it. And um, so I'm so appreciative for her work because not only has it helped me personally, but also it's helped a lot of us personally on our healing journeys. And when we're ready to go into our spiritual birth, we already understand coming into attunement with the correct frequency. How beautiful is that? So she's helping us here, and she also is helping us as we move forward. I think that's a beautiful thing, and thank you, Sherry, ever, ever so much. So in order, this this frequency, um, our remembering and our expanding conscious awareness are the things that help lift this frequency from our own personal space. And then the great beings of light are holding, and so then ultimately we meet. So and until we are at circum frequencies, we cannot see the angels. We cannot see our ancestors. We cannot see the beings of the future. But as you go on and on into higher and higher frequencies, you can see that, you know, you can see everybody. <laughs> Once you're there, it, it is a really humongous global and intergalactic family. Hmm. So filled with love and adoration for human beings and all that they have been through. They're so appreciative. The next aspect is meeting our entourage. And truly, this can be one being. It can be a thousand beings. It totally depends on what the deepest yearning of the soul is that is passing. So you do have input in it, and, and you don't even have to say the beings will know what you would like, but you might want to think about it. And it can be your ancestors may meet you. Um, it can be saints, masters. It can be extraterrestrials if you happen to be from another world. Uh, and it can be beings from the future coming to help you. It is I think it's exciting to think about, well, if so-and-so 
met me, it might be like this, or if so-and-so met me, it might be like this. It's just something to play with. I know that my aunt was met by her mother, and this is how great the great beings are. Her mother and she just embraced each other with such a deep hug, and they stood there, and they stood there, and they stood there in this embrace. And they stood there so on. It went on and on in the midst of this entire circle of angelic beings. And these beings were singing. And when I left, I just thought, well, if these two want to hold each other for all eternity, these angels will keep right on singing. That's how beautiful it was. So such a joy. And I want to mention one other thing because accidents do happen, and even though the plan is the plan, sometimes we have accidents. There was a little boy who showed me. Um, He was in an accident. He was only three or four, so you can imagine the devastation of the parents. It's unthinkable to have to go through that. Um, But he showed me that, that when he was in this accident, this enormous hand just reached down out of the sky, lifted him up, and placed him in the arms of his grandfather. He was thrilled with his grandfather, just thrilled. He didn't feel any pain at all. And um, he wanted so badly for his parents to know this. So I share this just in case there are people listening who who have had this happen to them. The grief that parents care, carry for such a long, long time. So, you know, this, is, this little boy was so devastated that his parents couldn't hear him. He wanted to lighten their hearts so badly. So this is another thing we have to gain, this, this that's very tangible. Once, once you embrace these things, yes, you'll feel the pain, but it's much lighter. And it goes away much more quickly. And yes, you always remember, and yes, you always miss your child. But the unbearable grief is mitigated. And that is just such a wonder, wonderful gift from this. So finally, the one I wanted to touch on was... We've been through all of this process and other things along with it, and it's all happening simultaneously. It's not quite so uh, tangibly straightforward as this, but um, we finally arrive at releasing the body that is no longer needed. By the time you get here, you are where you are going to be unless it happens to be an accident. But you hear what happened with the little boy in an accident. So even even then, their spirit works. Spirit works with what is, absolutely. And uh, so my mother was in the arms of the Christ before she quit breathing. Another gentleman, Jerry, was with the elders and his, commuting, his community, which was standing in about an acre of size. That was his community that he was going to, and he was standing before the elders before 
he quit breathing. This is a real thing. And this is how birth can really help us understand death better because we would never cut that umbilical cord until that baby is solidly here. And it is the same going the other direction. If you don't remember anything from this talk, remember that. A lot of people have fear surrounding what this will be like. And interestingly enough, most people describe the actual shift in really beautiful terms, and I'm just going to share one with you because it's, it's sweet, sort of said it all. The actual shift in this man's word, his name was, was Bill, was as peaceful as the loving sound of water's edge gently caressing the sand. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. So you see in this, there's really just not anything to be afraid of. And the more that we can embrace the beauty, the more we will learn and the more we can talk to one another, the more interesting, um, the more interesting personal accounts we will hear. And they are all fascinating. They are all different. They are all beautiful because everyone is unique to the soul. That that is passing. Well, I I really look forward to your online workshop about this. <laughs> I'm making that up. I'm I'm stepping into the point of time when you're doing that, because I think one of the things that we miss out on, and I know this was in some of your notes to talk about, the. People having fear of being called crazy for sharing their experiences, their spiritual experiences. Yes, absolutely. That goes way back because they were put to death or thrown in prison for speaking. Yeah. You can imagine that in our collective psyche. So you're not just dealing with your own whatever minor little fears you might have or major. It could be either way. But the collective, the collective psyche that is so, has been... Uh, marched down this route and we can just step out of it we don't have to stay there and actually i am going to be teaching in the fall so i'm really yeah so you're 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 right on you're right on the thread there (laughs) great because another thing i i see here in the notes i'm i'm surprised we only have about five or six minutes left but yeah, one of the I was afraid that talk- might be. I, I knew it would happen, but, you know, there could be a part two. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> as, as you get closer to teaching that class, we really can talk more. Um, that people in our culture really believe that death is annihilation. Yes, they do. They say, Like I say, it's, it's that, you know, you fall off the cliff and, oh, you fell off the cliff, you're gone now. Really? Yes. Wow. And that it, it it's unbearable, really, when you, I mean, Toby explained it very, very well, but, but it's unbearable to think of the suffering that people are going through in this regard. And it is so unnecessary. It is just because of our misperceptions that then 
birth other misperceptions that then birth other misperceptions. And, and it gets, you know, it just keeps growing and growing and growing uncontrollably. And it's not helping any of us. So to take the reins and sort of make something more beautiful out of this, because it's what's true. It's, I'm not, like, making this up. I've been doing this for 20-some years. And it's, it is the most gratifying and the most deeply, mm, it means, yearning of life because then we are holding that here with us to bring more of that beauty here. So I I really, really, really appreciate that. And I and I think in my teaching one of the things that we're going to find is that we have so much in common with everybody else. Everybody else has this fear, that fear, the other fear. And our collective psyche can be altered and we can do it and we're going to all work together to do that. Um, And everybody's bringing something. It's not like me standing there on a pedestal saying this is how it is. Every person who steps into that class is a great soul and will be bringing their perspective to share. And what emerges from every class that I ever teach from here on out will be unique and totally uh, different from from the next class, probably, with common threads. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll go right into part two. Um, yeah, death. I don't. I. I. I'm certain with my process with my mother. Help shift some of my thinking. Although I didn't have much limitation yeah. to it to begin with, quite frankly. I didn't have yeah. that like, well, I understood as a child, I understood that when people died, people got very sad. Yeah. I really understood that. There was a lot of weeping and chest beating and crying and wailing and that sort of thing. That I, that I understood for the loss. But I didn't understand the, I was that annoying kid that was like, well, why and how come and where do they go? And I was always like this. I've always been annoyed. I was that to too, people. and no one could answer us, could they? They just no. My no. parents flat out said, "We don't speak about those things." <laughs> <laughs> I went, well, well, wait, wait. We, we all have an to answer. do this. Why wouldn't we speak about it? How is that an answer? <laughs> we don't yeah, speak about uh, it. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's not an answer. It's uh, but true. I kid you not, Richard. True to their era. My parents, up until the last, last minute, I'd say, well, you know, they're in hospice. I'd say, well, you know, do you want to talk about anything? And my dad, both my dad and my mom, they would put their index finger up to their lips and go, shh. <laughs> and so, you know, I wonder, and I have wondered if, if um, it comes from, if you speak of it, you may hasten its arrival. Yeah. I, could, I could see that being with their era. I could. And then yeah. we came yeah. through asking all these questions, and they didn't have any answers because they didn't ever ask the questions, and they weren't supposed to talk about it, and they fully believed that that was the correct way to handle the situation. Yeah. And imagine and the surprise mother, when they got to the other side. 
Wow. Yes, I they was were. So wrong. You know, we should have been talking about this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. We should have. And that actually my mother, after we had this beautiful experience together, the very next day she came back to say thank you um, for all that had gone on. And, of course, I'm thanking her for this amazing experience. Uh, but perhaps she felt strongly enough for not talking all that time <laughs> um, that she needed to let me know, oh, yeah, <laughs> thank you, and yes, yes. Talk, talking is good. This is how we, mm-hmm. this is our backstage conversation. We started here, and we're going to close here. Talking is okay, good. Okay, that's It's beautiful. always good. That was really great. Um, I know it was going to be uh, fun. Uh, people don't often use those death and dying and transitioning and fun at the same time, but for me it's all sort of a giant cross-platform of, you know. Yes. It's all fascinating. And it's funny because, uh, yeah, I was that same child who was like, we're not to t- talk about this. What is that? That's not a response. <laughs> yeah. I really reacted no. badly to that. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Patricia. We'll do this again. And okay. where would you thank like people you, to find out? Where can people find out about working with you and more about your book? Okay. At soulpassagemidwife.com. Great. That's my website, and everything will be up there. And you can also order my book there. There's a tab that you can click on to order the book. So it's very easy. And the information about the classes in the fall is not up there yet, but it will be soon, hopefully by the 1st of August. And um, I look forward. I look forward to hearing from all of you, and I look forward to these classes, these little coming together of, of souls who have fascinating experiences to share. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Patricia. And everybody else, have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.